Coming Up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Just a quick message before you get there. For the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help us keep going. In 2023, we're asking our community to stay tuned, stay radical. We rely on the generous donations of community to survive. Go to 3cr.org.au slash donate and show your support for community-owned and community-run media. Thanks for your support and happy listening. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie Live. Uh, this is Showreel, and uh, we're going to be looking at a film called Endangered Generation. It's uh, by a filmmaker called Celeste Gear, and it's going to have a Sunday, 4th of June, Cinema Nova, 2pm screening with a Q&A with speakers Celeste Gear, the director, Dr. Kuzail Kanhutu, Juan Carlos Monterey Gomez via Zoom and Brian Martin. It's kicking off a, a Q&A season around the country, Melbourne, Sydney, Canberra, Newcastle, because the film is all about humans, the environment and the relationship that needs to be rebuilt between the two in order for the world to actually have a future, or the world with the humans in it to have a future. Um, uh, But before we get on to that, very important information. 3CR's annual Radiothon fundraiser launches in June. We need your financial support to be independent, community-controlled and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon keeps the station radical and enables us to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax deductible. 3CR Radiothon, show your support during June 2023. 3CR, stay tuned, stay radical. Join us at the Collingwood Neighbourhood House for the launch of the Underground Survival Project Part 5, a zombie film series that began on the Collingwood housing estate over lockdown. The series travels from Collingwood to the desert in South Australia and the most recent episode, The Industrial Wastelands of Upfield. Check out the film, have a feed and raise some cash for our 3CR show Satellite Skies, this Radiothon. 6pm Friday, 9th of June. See you there. Three shades of black is where I come from. 
And that uh, fundraiser is at the Collingwood Neighbourhood House, as they say, food and films, uh, and uh, $5 and, or anything you want to put into the till, but effectively, to keep satellite um, <coughs> that particular show on 3CR, Satellite, uh, let's see, what's it called? What is the program called? Satellite Skies, yeah. Satellite Skies, um, great crew. Uh, coming up uh, today is actually my chat with the uh, director of uh, the film Endangered Generation, Celeste Gear. So let's get on with uh, what we're here for. We're talking about uh, Endangered Generation, which is not your first film. You've got a major interest in uh the issue of environment and uh, human continuation on this planet, uh, even though we're all an endangered generation, really. Can you tell us about how this project came about? Yes. Um, So the film, I suppose the roots of the film for me started um, more than 10 years ago when I had a very real lived experience of the impacts of climate change when I lived through the Black Saturday bushfires in 2009 in Victoria. Um, I was living in a small town at the time with my family and I went on to make a film, Then the Wind Changed, which documented the process of recovery of my friends, family and also myself um, living in a small country town. So I, my kind of awareness at that point of the urgency of the climate crisis became very real and I suppose I felt quite dismayed and curious over the next 10 years as I watched um, humans all over the world really fail to grapple with the urgency of the problem. Then the fires happened again in 2020 um, as if it was a surprise almost And so throughout this time, I've been thinking about how do human beings respond to risk? How do we really appreciate danger? And, of course, we all need to continue our daily lives. We need to put food on the table. We need to be concerned about the micro concerns of our own existence. But at the same time, there's a really big threat on the horizon. So how do we engage with that? in a way that feels hopeful, in a way where individuals have some sense of agency, So when I was approached by Monash University to make a film that dealt with this topic and that looked at the capacity for humans to collaborate, I was really excited because I believe quite strongly that the greatest hope we have is for us to re-examine our connection with the natural world and to try and imagine ourselves or reimagine ourselves as being part of the natural world not a distinct species who can somehow live apart from it and just use it as a source of resources for our own kind of immediate needs. How did you get uh, contact with uh, the uh, artists and activists and scientists uh, who become uh, the major tellers of this story? Um, I suppose the research process of the film is fascinating and it's like conducting a investigation really you have a conversation with one person 
who then mentions a colleague of theirs in the same or a different field. And so you just kind of, it is very organic and it's like a chain of events that happen and create their own energy and their own weather patterns really. And that's one of the most exciting parts of making a film. Um, And it was one of the things that I found most inspiring actually and most it made me most hopeful about the future of the planet is that there is in fact an incredible network of people all around the world working um day and night to try and avoid this catastrophe from happening and they're using whatever medium they have at their disposal whether that is music art science storytelling and it's within these spaces and meeting these people that i think the greatest hope for for us lives yeah um the uh there are a a variety of challenges within the making of this film uh, practical challenges so when you are following aga in panama now what you're doing is placing the indigenous voice at the forefront of uh the telling of this uh shift in human perception about its relationship to environment, that we're part of the world, we're not um, dominant within the world if we want to have a future. Shooting all of that journey into the uh, Panama landscape or the, uh, the forests in order for her to talk to different community leaders so that she knew what message to actually take to COP26. Um, That was a challenging environment uh, to take cameras and sound, et cetera, into, wasn't it? It was. It was, um, I suppose, most filmmakers have a sense of adventure slash kind of insanity and a drive to tell a story that can push you through some obstacles but it was actually quite challenging to make that during COVID like to actually we were still um, in lockdown for most of the making of this film so it was we had to be very inventive about how we could actually film scenes of human collaboration when I wasn't allowed to leave my front room for a lot of the time. So a lot of the sequences I was directing remotely via Zoom and then there became an opportunity for me to travel to Panama, which was so exciting. But, of course, if I got if I had got COVID at any point or if anyone on the crew had got COVID at any point, we would have had to stop the whole thing and I would have been put up in a government cell in um, Panama for two weeks so I was pretty keen to avoid that from happening and miraculously no one got COVID of course we didn't want to bring COVID into a remote community so we were testing constantly and um, and we avoided that Um, we were also taking camera crews um, and equipment down rivers rapids up mountains um, and, and yes so there were a lot of physical challenges we were doing it in Spanish as well um, which was okay because I can speak Spanish and then but then there was a different um, indigenous dialect that we were also working in so there were a lot of challenges along the way but it's I mean I think that's the drug of filmmaking is that when you manage to film something despite all of those challenges you are on an incredible high and I was just it was an amazing privilege to spend time with Agar and uh, her grandmother Olympia and all of her family and just to see that 
incredible connection that they have with the natural world and also to be in the jungles of Panama it's an ecotone which is a place where two different environments meet so it's one of the biodiversity hotspots in the world so we're walking through that jungle with evolutionary biologists who were seeing species that they said they really thought might not have been documented before so it was incredible and I came back from that trip charged with the energy of the jungle I just felt so alive. One of the key uh, elements in the film is uh, human collaboration and that's shown in lots of different ways but I was really taken uh, about the uh, human interactions within that family group. Uh, The grandmother uh, she's a source of light they say and she is a source of light. I love yeah it's a matriarchal culture And I love the reverence that they give to the grandmother and Olympia and also her message, which is delivered in a a kind of semi-comical way um, where they all have a great deal of affection with her. But she wants her young granddaughters to study because she says, if you don't study, you know, you're just, you're going to be looking after the children. And if the man studies only, that's going to be a disaster for you. Um, And one of the things that I learned that I was quite fascinated in, in the making of the film is that one of the key things that we can do to combat climate change or the climate catastrophe is to educate girls and women. So it, it was that was a really important scene for me to have in the film. I was also taken by uh, the uh, Rotorua uh, man uh, talking about something that I'd been thinking about. I'd been thinking about how in the West... Uh, Western culture, everything's named after people, you know, like uh, politically powerful people uh, as a general rule. Um, And it it struck me that that's such a human-centric and uh, uh, unworthy way of noting the natural environment. And he actually points it out. Uh, He was talking about how he was, when he introduces himself, he talks about the mountain that he comes from, the the river that he comes from, the forests that he comes from, and then he's the last one in the introduction. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And I'm actually in New Zealand in Aotearoa at the moment and I was at the screening of the film here in Auckland and um, a lot of Māori um, people were in the audience and they really connected with that as well. And that's what I wanted to do with um, kind of showing some of these Indigenous understandings of humanity's place within the natural world is to show that there's actually so much we can learn from that. So in the moment in Australia, you know, we're seeing a lot of conversation around the voice and the importance of the voice and I feel like sometimes that misses the point because it's being pitched as if to say, um, you know, Indigenous people are only of value if they're talking about something that impacts Indigenous people, whereas there's 60,000 years of understanding on this continent that we would be so privileged to be able to benefit from And, and also globally Indigenous people everywhere seem to have a similar, I know everything's different, but the thing that seems to be similar is this context of relational responsibility. 
So we are part of the natural world and with that connection comes responsibilities of protecting that world. So that's the thing that I wanted to bring to the surface with some of these connections that especially Agar has with the environment that is her home. Get to the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, screening the very best documentaries from South by Southwest, Sundance, Tribeca, as well as the best local Melbourne and Australian documentaries. Online from the 1st to the 31st of July and at Cinema Nova from the 21st to the 30th of July. For more information, head to mdff.org.au and cinemanova.com.au. The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. And you're with Annie on Showreel. And before the uh, documentary, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, you might want to put into your calendar a uh, Q&A, which is going to be on on the 4th of June this Sunday at the Nova 2pm screening of the film that we're talking about right now, which is Endangered Generations. I'm having a chat with uh, the director, Celeste Gear. It's a fascinating film and... Uh, She's going to be accompanied by scientists and others in the Q&A at 2pm at the Nova on Sunday. Uh, But here's the last part of that conversation I had with Celeste. The introduction of George Moviot is really fascinating. Um, A a stream of activism. As he says, he was uh, an eight-year-old boy holding on to an old tree to stop it being chopped down. And what he learned was that he, uh, um, he, if he wanted to defend nature, he had to stop being obedient. Yeah, George's contribution to the film was massive. In my own life experience, I've felt frustrated over the last 10 years at how truths that seem so evident to me, so self-evident, are not taken on by leaders. And I wondered, how, how would those scientists be, those climate scientists who've been ringing the bells for 40 years, how must they be feeling and how do they continue? How do they continue their work in the face of um, a lack of attention? Um, and so I'm really interested in, in the quality. Actually, not of just lack, lack of attention, but uh, gross um, corporate. Ch- yeah. 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 Mm, yeah. So I think it's an incredible testament to the strength of their characters that they are able to continue um, in the face of such obstacles. And that's a experience that was common throughout to many of the people in the film, whether they be Antarctic scientists, epidemiologists, um, and activists like George Monbio. Yeah, so I'm, I feel like it's really interesting to look at that space. And how do you communicate climate change? It's a really difficult issue to work out how to bring people into the conversation so that they feel like a part of it, they're not being shamed, they're not being overwhelmed, and that you still have some sense of agency as a viewer in the film. So getting that balance right throughout the film was definitely one of the challenges of the edit. Mm, yeah, it's very important. I, I lived in the bush, you know, rain shadow for about six or eight years, and my definition was uh, having to move 
water from one tank to another that took 64 bucket loads to get one ring, rung of the tank. And I realised what it must be like for all those women in Africa and in Panama, you have a sequence to move water for sustenance from one place to another. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I, 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 the film is great because uh, it brings the voices of scientists, activists and artists. I love the sequences with that young the artist he he is a, a brilliant uh, communicator and uh, telling people why art is so important exactly because ultimately we're moved by things that we feel and art has a great capacity to do that joseph michael's work is extraordinary and he has an amazing scientific mind coupled with an artistic poetic sensibility and I think his work is a fusion of those two disciplines. The um, the Indigenous Australian man, um, the lang the the removal of language and the uh, uh, destruction of um, Indigenous culture in Australia, which I, I actually remember reading when John Howard removed the uh, funding for uh, Indigenous language support. Uh, I was in my 20s. I remember reading that and I was, I was gobsmacked. I thought at the time, you're a very evil man. It was that undermining of culture was quite, uh, quite clearly uh, uh, deliberate. I think so, yes. Fred Leone, who's the Bachelor Song Man that you're referring to, is an incredible communicator. He's also a great um, performance artist. He just opened at the MCG um, last week on the Dreamtime gig, he is both a singer and also he's been responsible for, um, I suppose, keeping some languages alive. And the reason that those languages or one of the reasons that those languages are so important is that they contain a lot of relational information. They contain a lot of uh, information about the way um, different people understand each other and the seasons interact with country and they have it's not just like you're losing a word it's like you're losing a way of understanding or a way of connecting to country that's really precious oh and also uh, at this particular time as this film is called endangered generation uh, it's actually pivotal that uh, this relational change between uh, humans um, and uh, the earth uh, is rectified, uh, put put into harmony. You, this is quite a positive film, even if it's a dark moment. I think so. In fact, someone says that quite explicitly in the film, that often solutions come at the darkest point. And I think that is true. I think even though people now might be brushing over the lessons of COVID, I think that it still is reverberating, that we understand that we are deeply connected, that uh, we cannot view the resolution of the world's problems as discrete siloed issues that need to be managed one by one. Everything needs to be looked at together. Social equity, the climate, gender equity, um, the impacts of colonisation, the climate, everything impacts on each other and can't be viewed in isolation. 
you've got a um, Q&A on June the 4th at, at Nova in Melbourne, and then it goes on to uh, other locations, and, and then an uh, opening uh, for more general release on June the 8th. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about what's going on there? Yes, yeah, so we're thrilled that the film's going to have a national release in all the big cities, and that's starting from June 8th. And in to coincide with World Environment Day, which is actually the 5th of June, we're having a series of Q&A sessions with people who are either in the film or people who are working in this in environment, thought leaders and leading scientists or artists or Indigenous leaders, and I think those conversations are going to be really exciting and empowering and I would invite people to come, especially if you're feeling a little bit lost in kind of the sea of problems that humanity is facing or maybe you're just sticking your ha- head in the sand and you're wanting to ignore it and think I'm just going to have another coffee and just manage my own little world because it's actually really invigorating to be around these people who are blazing a path for the future for us and who are working often in very humble ways and for some reason our mainstream media seems more interested in um, showing us situations where people are divided instead of situations where people are actually coming together from different points of view and collaborating to create something that is bigger than the sum of its parts. And so that's what I'm hoping to do with these collection of Q&A discussions, for the audience to be there, to feel inspired by the energy of these people and um, and to hopefully bring some of their own ideas and their own energy to the screening and then afterwards to see how they might be able to implement even a subtle change in their own world that will help them feel more connected. Uh, one of the key uh, elements, uh, it was very interesting to see the uh, Gomez from uh, Panama, who's actually going to be in one of the uh, Q&As um, by Zoom, that uh, he goes to COP26 and is very disappointed. I mean, he's actually in the official area of COP26 doing speeches. And he says, I'm just terribly disappointed in what's going on here. And or I just encourage all the young people to uh, stand up and uh, fight back effectively because that's where the true leadership is going to come from. Yeah, Juan Carlos Monterey Gomez is incredible young man from Panama who um, is the son of cattle farmers in a very arid part of central Panama, so knew firsthand what the changing climate was doing with the lack of water, and he then went on to become educated and became an economist and then was leading the Panamanian delegation to COP26. He's now in a fellowship with Barack Obama. He's a global climate change leader and he's an incredible advocate for youth engagement in democracy. So for any university students out there or any young people who want to become engaged, uh, Juan Carlos is a really inspirational speaker to listen to and a lovely human as well, also just like heaps of fun. And he will be joining us via Zoom. He's actually going to be in Germany. He's participating in climate negotiations at the UN as we speak. So he's someone who's really actively engaged in making a difference. 
Thanks for talking to me. And uh, let's hope, of course, that the film um, is as uh, leaves its mark as it should. Thank you so much for having me, Annie. Yeah, and that's the end of uh, Showreel this week. That's uh, my conversation with director Celeste Gear, and the film is Endangered Generation. Coming up next is Published or Not. We'll go out with Sydney After Dark, M- Melanie Horsnell. Pretty lights and shiny things you think you're depressed, but it's probably just too much coffee in your tea, too much caffeine in your dreams. Cars will drive to Madden fast up and down King Street. They don't understand where I'm coming from. It's a 50k zone, but they're taking over me. Flash my lights, but they got no control. No control No control Pretty lights and shiny things And Sydney's such a pretty thing I'm waiting for the lights to change I'm thinking I should move away The cars will drive too mad and fast Up and down King Street They don't understand where I'm coming from They all got their dates and petrol station meetings Clandestine and naked under fluoros And who knows Who knows Where the balloon said so It said so listening to a podcast produced at 3CR Community Radio. It's Radiothon time. This is where we ask you, the listener, to stay tuned, stay radical. This year, we need to raise $275,000 to keep the station going. Any amount you can afford makes a big difference. It's so easy to donate. Head to 3cr.org.au slash donate. We rely on the community support, so please be sure to donate and stay tuned, stay radical in 2023. Thanks for listening.